It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Texans really need a slide, you know. I feel like they got one of the better spots in the draft. So just to, and if I have to start on special teams, you know, that's something I'll do as well. I mean, just to, just to see Hobbs and Will and uh, getting Deshaun back, you know, that's the three of the most, you know, powerful guys in this league right now. So just to be a part of that is, you know, really something that I'm really ready for. You just heard from Texans' fourth-round pick, Texas Tech wide receiver Kiki Cutie, and as he pointed out, another weapon for Deshaun Watson's growing arsenal. In today's show, we're going through the final five picks in Houston's draft. Of course, this is day two of Christmas in April for all you Texans fans. Hello, everybody. I'm Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk podcast, alongside my partner and co-host, Brian Patterson, the draft guru, at least for this weekend from House of Houston, welcome to Locked On Texans, your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. We're part of the FanRag Sports Network. Well, the Texans picks on day three. Let's go through them. And let me try to pronounce these names because they're not the easiest ones that we've seen in Texans history. Texas Tech wide receiver Kiki Cutie, he was the first one in the fourth round for the Texans. We go to the sixth round. Wake Forest defensive end Duke Ejiofor, a local kid out of a leaf Taylor. There's Mississippi State's tight end Jordan Thomas, who of course was teammates with Texans third round pick Martinez Rankin. There's also Stanford offensive outside linebacker Peter Kalambai and San Jose State San Jose State cornerback Jermaine Kelly, who says his old teammate Tyler Irvin used to cut his hair. We can get to that in just a little bit. But before I bring in Brian, let's hear from GM Brian Gain on fourth round pick. Kiki Cutie. You've heard me say it before. We wanted to make a conscious effort of adding speed, athleticism, explosiveness uh, to both the offense and defense, height, weight, speed, as many times as we could. We feel like he poses and adds a, a, a complementary dimension to our offense because he can be an inside receiver who has explosiveness. The other part of that that uh, we feel confident about is the addition of Jordan Aikens paired with Kiki Kuti that we feel from a nickel offense standpoint, having a pass catch tight end, uh, upgrading the offense in that regard, and then doing that with another slot receiver who we think has a chance to be a returner, that we've upgraded what I would call like the inside passing game. So that was Brian Gain. And let me go to you, Brian Patterson. What do you think? Did the Texans finally get that explosive slot receiver they've never really had. We've been waiting for this for so long for them to get this position right. I think so. Uh, this guy just fits all the measurables. And, uh, you know, he's dubbed one of the, the, the fastest guy in college football. I mean, just blazing speed. He ran a 4-4-3 um, at the combine in the 40-yard dash. 5'11", uh, 225 pounds, 29.9-inch uh, arms, and almost 8.5-inch hands. That's going to do it. He comes from an offense that's prolific in terms of putting up points on the board. He comes out of Cliff Kingsbury's, Cliff Kingsbury's offense, and um, it's just one of the most aggressive. So this is what they wanted to do, and uh, I, I really like this pick. In fact, I am going on a limb 
maybe not too far of a limb and say this is my favorite pick of the draft. Um, although it's it's great that we have Justin Reed. Um, we didn't think that we were going to even have an opportunity to get him. But this is my favorite pick because he is one of those guys that's a game changer. We got him in the fourth round. And what this pick signifies is I thought at first, are we getting Bruce Ellington's replacement? But to think about how Bruce played in the season, he was hurt a lot, but he was productive. This is putting Braxton Miller on notice. He has deserved some heat for quite some time. He has allowed too many passes, too many benefits of the doubt. And it's time to turn up the heat on Braxton. So it's time for him to perform. And this is what Kiki uh, is all about. So I think that he's going to have, he's going to have to have a really, really good camp, but I imagine he will be inserted into this office immediately. Uh, if anybody, you know, is going to be, you know, plugged in immediately, it's going to be uh, this guy. He does have value as a kick returner, but when you look at, you know, how they're going to be doing away with kickoffs pretty soon, the NFL, uh, that doesn't constitute as much value. But um, his damage, like you said, was in the slot. Um, he had a terrific 87.7 grade, uh, pro football focus grading him up as if he were an NFL player. And the key thing is he doesn't drop balls that often. Um, out of a possible 177 catchable targets, he only fumbled 17 of them. Um, he's good with the deep ball, very good deep ball threat, uh, catching 66.7 of his targets. And that's good to be good enough to be ranked fourth in the uh, country. He amassed 1,088 yards from the slot, and that ranked him second in the nation. So you've got a versatile, speedy, athletic. Just watching this guy play, just watch some tape of him last night, you know, whenever um, I wrote about him. And uh, I think he's just going to be a terrific add to the offense. He's pretty much everything Tyler Irvin we wanted him to be. And again, it's it's remains up in the air of what his role is going to be. But if this guy stays healthy, and he has, he's been a pretty durable guy, I think we found our slot receiver for the future. And I'm really, really excited to have him on this team. Yeah, Brian Gain was asked about Tyler Irvin and his health, and is he going to be ready? And they're assuming everything's going to be fine. He should be ready to play. So interesting that you mentioned Tyler Irvin. To me, the bottom line in football is – getting the ball into the end zone, getting six points. How do you score touchdowns? And the Texans, lots of focus in this draft on scoring touchdowns with Kiki Cutie and Jordan Aikens, and we're going to get to another guy that they hope can get them some touchdowns later in this draft. But that's the bottom line. I was worried a little bit about the hands. I saw mixed reports on that. But, you know, you pointed out hands seem like you're pretty good. I, I read somewhere, oh, he body catches a little bit. That reminds me a little bit of Will Fuller, but I'm just going to have to wait and see. I want to see what he looks like before I make a judge on, you know, is he a good pass catcher or whatever, but he's explosive and he's an explosive guy when he gets, the, gets his hands on the football. And if he can catch the ball, then it's, that's it. That's ball game. Uh, he can beat guys deep. He can beat you over the top. He can do things in space from what it sounds like. All the things that you would be looking for in a slot wide receiver. Uh, also interesting. Kiki is from Luffin, Lufkin. So I asked him if he was more of a Texans fan or a Cowboys fan, you know, being up in East Texas. And he said the Texans were his team. Quote, I really didn't like the Cowboys. And then he kind of said real quickly, except for Lufkin alum, Des Bryant. The word 
the way he worded his answer, I don't think he was just being politically correct. I, I think he really believes all that. Uh, he, you know, it sounded just the way he worded it. Trust me. It sounds like he was a Texans fan. He said it was pretty cool to have Texans wide receiving legend, Andre Johnson announcing his name as the fourth round pick. Cause I, I thought, well, that's pretty interesting that the, the wide receiver uh, gets to announce a future Texans wide receiver and a guy that was a Texans fan. And I'm sure he must've been a fan of Andre's Brian. Another kind of fun little side story is that he'll be coached by one of the great slot receivers ever. Wes Welker, who is another former Texas Tech Red Raiders. So there's a lot of little connections with all of these Texans draft picks. And was probably a, a good factor into why uh, he's here, uh, because I know he still keeps in contact, you know, with his, you know, his school and his alumni and whatnot and, and knows what's going on as far as the scene at Texas Tech. So uh, he probably factored into the decision to draft him. You know, so early uh, in the uh, fourth round, but yeah, yeah, it, it. I was wondering. I mean, does it sound genuine? Because I mean, it sounds like you know, someone that you're trying to endorse a particular uh, product. Like you know, you say, "Oh, I've always been a Texan fan all my life." You know, says your new employer. You know, you're you're under that wing now. But you know, if you had a chance to hear him, Rob, that's pretty good. Um, you know, and, and of course, Des Bryant is. You know, he's from that particular area, and uh, he's going to be rooting for him. But, uh, yeah, that's good to hear about that, showing that he has been a Texas fan all the way. That certainly helps. Yeah, and we're just talking to him like a couple minutes after he's picked. So the Texans, you know, they didn't have time to coach him up on this. And, and, and he came out, the first words were, I really didn't like the Cowboys. You know, he, he said, yeah, I was a Texas fan. And I said, I really didn't like the Cowboys. And to come out and just say, I didn't like the Cowboys along with saying the yeah. Texans means that you were probably a Texans fan. Cause you wouldn't have pointed out that you didn't like them. So to me, that made it a little bit more genuine for sure. Uh, the, the Texans first of three, six round picks, Wake Forest outside linebacker, Duke edge of four. He was listed at defensive end, but the Texans consider him more of an edge rush outside linebacker from what we're hearing. Uh, he had surgery to repair, to repair a torn labrum, so he won't be ready to play until July. He talked about Kiki, or we talked about Kiki, I should say, being a Texans fan. Well, Edgy of Four grew up right here. Houston, Texas, loves the Texans. And here's what he had to say about being drafted by the hometown team. Right, that's just a dream come true. Like, I watched J.J. Watt, Clowney. Whitney Merciless, like all those pass rushers, like it's just crazy. I can't believe it that I'm actually about to be joining them and, and just learning so much from them as well. Not only is he a Houston Texans fan, but it's kind of cool. His old teammates and friends at A-Leaf Taylor had a pretty good Saturday. Uh, Ogbonia, and I'm going to screw this name up too because, man, there's none of these names that are easy anymore. Oaken Rodquo, forgive me. He was drafted by the Rams in the fifth round, so also Aleef Taylor, and also the Titans signed Joshua Kalu. Thank God, that sounds a lot easier to pronounce. Uh, he was an undrafted free agent for the Titans. Brian, what did you think about the pick of Duke here? It, it's interesting for death uh, for him. Um, yeah, it's a pick that, you know, it's certainly we're, we're going to have to monitor. 
you know how this connection was made. Um, he was at the Senior Bowl. He was an in, invitee to the Senior Bowl, and that's how that connection was made. Um, although he is from here, you know, from Ailey Taylor, which, you know, the Ailey, you know, independent school district, uh, just plenty of, uh, it's a powerhouse of uh, athletics. Um, I'm from here, so, you know, raised up in the Goose Creek uh, Consolidated School District. Um, so Ailey was always a, a big rival uh, for us, and they still continue to put out uh, – uh, great athletes uh, from there. So, um, yeah, that's that's how the connection was made. Um, and that's why I think Bill O'Brien loves to coach the Senior Bowl because he gets to see a lot of guys that maybe he would be thinking about drafting or bringing on to his team. And that certainly is why that he's here. Now, Duke rated out in an extremely solid 81.1 for the 27 season by Pro Football Focus. He's sizable enough to be a terrific backup, uh, but maybe one of these days he could actually be a starter. I'm not sure if it's going to be here, depending on the guys that we keep, but um, he does have that potential. Um, his strongest suits, ability to battle and not give up when it's time to exert immense pressure on the pass rush. You have brought in a terrific pass rusher. That is his calling card, and he's got pretty large hands. Yeah, his hands are almost 10 inches, so you know it's uh, what nine and uh, three quarters uh, from what I'm seeing here, and so you know he's he's certainly going to have uh, that particular ability to exert pressure. He doesn't necessarily have the explosiveness that that you know a lot of uh, the draft analysts have alluded to, but I think he works the best with his frame and makes the impact that way. And he certainly could be working with. I'm pretty sure Anthony Weaver had some uh, here, you know, had some say into what if, if he's a guy that we should draft. Um, I, I like the pick. I just, you know, want to see more uh, out of him. He's also a guy that you could probably bring on third downs to help uh, get that, you know, to, to stop, you know, your offense or stop that offense uh, from getting over and, and crossing over and getting those yards. So he's one of those guys that you could use, you know, you could keep in your your arsenal. He's a tackling machine. I mean, he, he gets large chunks of ones. And this guy had 43 and a half tackles for loss uh, in his career with Wake Forest. 24 sacks, six passes defense, four forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries and a pick. I mean, this guy is a machine, and I understand exactly uh, why, he, why he's here. But that's the main thing. If he stays healthy, his effectiveness. I mean, we won't see him until July. But um, I think it's just um, an incredible uh, pick that, that we have and just one that we have to see out. John Ledger, you know, our own John Ledger spoke highly of him. I have a tweet uh, that he said, he, he says, uh, he said, Duke, Edgio four in the six is crazy. Texans got clowny, Watt, Merciless, and Edgio four. So John seems to like him a lot. A lot. And uh, Lance Zerline also uh, was very complimentary of him as well. So, yeah, we'll have to see, but uh, I I think it's a pretty good value for the sixth round. Yeah, most boards definitely had him much higher than where the Texans got him in the sixth round. So yeah. hopefully they are right and the Texans are right. Before we get to the Texans' other two six-round picks, let me remind everybody that's listening, if you're enjoying Locked On Texans, tell your friends. Uh, let them know they can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. We're going to keep you company during your daily commute to work and through that Texans off season. And if you're a fan of the show, record a message for us. You can use the voice memo on your phone, for example. Email the voice memo to LockedOnTexans at mail.com and we'll use it on the show. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Texans had a couple of compensatory six-round picks. The first one was their second tight end of the draft and their second Mississippi State product, Jordan Thomas. His nickname in Starkville was the Bone Crusher. So that's a good name for a tight end and a defensive guy, but tight end is uh, that's a good, that hopefully... That's what he's going to be able to do blocking-wise, but that is a concern, and we'll get to that. We'll see if the nickname catches on in Houston. Now, even though Jordan was 6'5 and 270 pounds, he played outside uh, receiving for the uh, Bulldogs. Here's what Brian Gain had to say about uh, the bone crusher and his transition from receiver to tight end. He's an interesting developmental prospect, number one, for the body type. You know, he's a large man. He's a big man. He's long. He has ball skills. He's had receiving production. Uh, it's a projection for us to tight end. But in the time spent with Jordan through the offseason, through uh, the workouts, through the combine, we were confident that he could make the, the projection to tight end, number one, because of the body type. But number two, the want to, John. I think it's hard to move to that position if, you, if you're not interested in blocking. He wants to develop. He wants to learn. He wants to grow in the running game. We're, we're fairly confident he can offer something in the passing game, too. But he wants to improve in that other area as well. So, Brian, this guy sounds like the proverbial project, I guess. What do you think of what Brian Gain had to say about him, and what did you think from what you found out? I think he was just drafted as a tight end in name only uh, because, um, again, he has limited experience um, as tight end. I mean, he played wide receiver last year. The guy is huge. He's 6'6", 265 pounds, and 11 and 5'8"-inch hands, huge hands. And he is a ball catcher. That's why they brought him in. And just a heck of an athlete with his speed and athleticism. But he only has 31 catches uh, in his career. So his experience is limited. But the drop rate is sensational. Uh, Dropping only four of 22 of those catchable passes back uh, last season. This guy wasn't heavily recruited out of high school. He had to work his way up through community college. He went to East Central Community College in Mississippi. Uh, before taking the scene at Mississippi State. He was the number one recruit um, in his uh, in in the uh, junior college class in JUCO, and Mississippi State decided to pick him up. So he pretty much has stayed in state uh, for his career, and now he's moving on uh, to the the Houston Texans. Um, As far as draft analysts, none of them were really complimentary of him, especially Zerline. He's just wondering what his value would be in the NFL but again, with the Texans, uh, the reason why he's here is because he's versatile. He can do uh, more than one thing. He was drafted as a tight end, but will he actually be one here? That remains to be seen. He even talked about the possibility that he could switch, flip uh, to the defensive side and be play more defensive end because of his size. So who knows uh, how this guy would be used. Out of all the picks, this is the one that has my head. I'm, I'm scratching my head on this one because I'm still trying to figure out fit. How is he going to be used on this team? That is a mystery. And uh, Brian Gain, as far as in the quotes there that you just heard, still is kind of vague on that. He's just saying that we just got an athlete in here that's going to do whatever we ask him uh, to do. 
uh, pretty much. But um, yeah, his his stats, you know, they're they're very small. You know, there there's not much. What thirty one balls for three hundred eleven yards. He caught four uh, touchdowns. It's a gamble. We're hoping to strike lightning in a bottle. But, um, you know, it's just one that you'll have to monitor. We'll see how long uh, he stays here as a Houston Texan. Yeah, I don't know if it's any mystery. I mean, they're going to use him at tight. He's not a wide receiver. They've they've got guys that are going to do that. He's not a wide receiver. The fact that he could be moved to defensive end, I mean, I don't know if he's ever played that in college. I, I just don't know if that's a possibility. He's a tremendous athlete. It's obvious with Brian Gain. You know, we've talked about it ad nauseum, longer, stronger, faster. He's looking for athletes. He's looking for people that are bigger and better at what they can do than anybody else. So I think, yeah, he's going to be a tight end. It's just, you know, can he adjust? Can you teach him? Can you coach him up? They obviously believe that they can. You know, they feel like there's something there. Um, That's a big component for any guy that they draft. Brian Gain talked about that. So when you look at, uh, somebody like Jordan Thomas, yeah, I mean, is it going to be tough to, to make him into something? Yes, but he's a six-round pick. He's got great ath- athleticism, so if, he's, if he puts it all together, you know, you've got this real steal in the sixth round. And when you look at the tight end situation, Ryan Griffin's got concussion issues. Steven Anderson, uh, he's, not a great, he's nothing great as a blocker either. This guy hasn't had the opportunity to block much, hasn't had the opportunity to play much tight end. So uh, I don't know if he's much different than Steven Anderson, but he's bigger and he's stronger and he's faster. You know, (laughs) he's all the things that we hear the Texans want over and over again. And so I think that last spot on the roster is going to be between him and and Ryan Anderson. you know, can he jump off the page for you? Who knows? But uh, Brian, maybe in a, a little bit here, we, we should go over some of the other Texan six-round picks over the years because the bar is very low in Texans history, unfortunately. <laughs> but, you know, that that's kind of how I see him anyway. May I add that he also played offensive tackle in his career? That's another reason why he was brought in. Uh, so who knows where we put this guy? You know, he he has an experience on the offensive line. And with the uncertainty of who the heck we're going to have at tackle this season, if he performs well there, we may see him on that side of the ball, but in a different role. So um, his blocking, I, I didn't see that he was ranked highly with his blocking, but maybe that's something that they're going to develop. So um, it's it's just one of those picks that you'll you'll have to monitor, and we'll all have to monitor it. Um, I can't think of a six round pick the last time. Do you know if uh, I'm trying to remember? Was Alfred Blue a six round pick? Yeah, Alfred Blue's a six round yeah, pick. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna go. Wait, hold on, yeah. hold off. We're gonna we're gonna go go through those six round picks and just we're a teasing bit. you. We're teasing you, y'all. Yeah, the the final Texan six round pick in this draft: Stanford outside linebacker Peter Columbai, and I'm gonna. Screw that up, I'm sure, but it's Kalambai is how they're pronouncing it. K-A-L-A-M-B-A-Y-I. Of course, he was a teammate of third-round pick Justin Reed. Also played at Stanford with another Texans outside linebacker, Brendan Scarlett. And he went to the same high school in North Carolina as Texans offensive lineman Kendall Lamb. He's also from just down the road from Rock Hill, North Carolina, where Jadavian Clowney went to high school. Kalambai's high school was just a 35-minute drive from Rock Hill, 
And as you'll hear, he's more than just a little aware of his new teammate, Jadavian Clowney. Um, Jadavian Clowney had the best high school highlight tape ever. I, I stand by that to this day. Um, he scored like a, mil- a million touchdowns on defense. And then um, I was so happy to see how he did last season, too. Um, cause I remember he was coming off that injury. It was definitely a lot coming coming in for him. I'm sure it was probably a lot mentally, but he really bounced back and, and did great. And I'm just ready to kind of ball with him. So, Brian, I think the big thing with Cullen is his potential on special teams. NFL.com's Lance Sirline said he can be a standout in that area, and he's already got a relationship with another Stanford product, New Texans special teams standout, Johnson Batamosi. I mean, that's really more than anything what you need from a guy who's a six-round pick, not expected to start. This is, a, this is roster filler, and they've definitely made special teams – a priority, and I think that's where this guy really fits in as much as anything. He also uh, emanates leadership. I mean, he was the the team captain in in uh you know with Lance Anderson over at Stanford. You know, under David Shaw's staff, they ran a three four base defense. So you know, he was the captain of that. You know, helping out with calling the signals. So you know, the Texas look at stuff like that with leadership. And uh, just just listening to him, he seems like he is a, an excellent communicator in terms of uh, his thoughts, uh, his size. Uh, yeah, six three, two hundred forty seven pounds, um, with thirty three and a half uh, inch arms and nine inch hands. This is the additional help on the pass rush written all over him. Um, his strongest attribute is that he was ranked twentieth uh, among uh, linebackers by Pro Football Focus in his pass rush productivity. He got a grade of 11.6, and um, I did some research on that, and I noticed that Pro Football Focus yesterday had tweeted that out. So it's certainly a stat that you have to keep an eye on with his ability to help the team out in this way. He also wields a ton of pressure with his strength and handy on stopping the run as well. Both are his uh, attributes, his calling cards, um, if, if you will. Um, he, he got the opportunity to start 13 games last season. And I believe that was, he, he did not, he was not a starter right out of the gate, but this was his breakout year. He started 13 games. He had 45 stops, which six and a half were for a loss and as well as three and a half sacks to go along uh, with his already, uh, impressive stat line. His parents of are of Congolese and Trinidadian and Tobagian descent, but, uh, Callum Bailly was born and raised in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, beautiful city, by the way. Um, and as far as what's going on with him, I mean, he was teammates with Justin Reed, so he's going to be able to make that connection immediately. I do like this pick, but again, um, you know, there's only so many guys that we can have on this roster. I don't know if he makes a roster right away. He might be a practice squad guy or they may decide to bring him in. This is a guy you definitely want to monitor uh, in training camp. But his overall career stats, 189 tackles, 27 of them are for loss with 18 and a half sacks, seven passes defense, one forced fumble, and one fumble uh, recovery. So they went and got another Stanford guy. Um, and, you know, it, when, when you get, get to Stanford, you obviously have to have smarts uh, to, to go there. So, uh yeah, I, I just like the pick because he looks like a really well-rounded individual. Glad to have him on the squad. Yeah, I mean, I, who cares? Can he play? Can he not play at this point? I mean, a, a well-rounded individual helps you when you got a lot of talent. You're drafted in the first three or four rounds. But, yeah, you want to bring in character. You want to bring in leadership, all that sort of stuff. Keep in mind here, we're, we're talking with these last two picks, Jordan Thomas and this kid, 
we're talking about not just six round picks. We're talking about supplemental six round picks. So they're almost seventh round picks. They're between the sixth and the seventh round. They're super late in the draft. So if you get something good out of them, uh, you, you, you really found a, a diamond here. You found a nugget. So let's just look at some of the Texans six round pick over the years. The good ones. These are the only good ones that I can find. Christian Covington, Alfred Blue, and Jay Prosh, and that's debatable. And Covington and <coughs> Blue are, you know, they're stop gaps. They're not anything that turned anything into anything magical. But at least they can, they've contributed. Now, the bad picks that they've had over the years, uh, you're going to just throw up. and Don't be eating anything when you're, re, when you're listening to this because you're going to throw up a little bit when you hear it. Uh, Richard Clyatt, Alan Bonner, Nick Mondek, Shelly Smith, Dominic Barber, Casey Studdard, Wally Lundy. C.C. Brown, Vontez Duff, Jamal Lord, Keith Wright, Milford Brown, Howard Green, P.D. Fagans. Absolute nothings. There's a couple of guys I left off, but that gives you an idea of what the Texans have had in the seventh, the sixth round over the years, Brian. So if they get something out of any one of these last three guys, that's better than they normally do. I mean, it's, it's, it would be a miracle, practically, for the Texans. Right. And we don't necessarily need a linebacker. I mean, we've got plenty of them that are that are capable. But, you know, you have these picks, you got to use them. So, you know, if you find lightning in a bottle, as I mentioned, you know, you keep them on the team or at least put them on the practice squad to have him uh, develop. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a nice pick for value uh, in the sixth round, late in the sixth round as as he was picked. Yeah, we're going to talk about what they didn't pick a little bit later, but we got to hit on the Texans' seventh-round pick first. Uh, just a quick reminder to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, email us at LockedOnTexans at Mail.com. If you forget any of that, go to the show description of each podcast. It's all right there. If you want to join our LockedOnTexans.com contributors, uh, you want to contribute to the website. If you're interested, just let us know. Also, when you're done listening to today's podcast, rate us on iTunes. Uh, haven't seen any reviews recently, so would love to hear from you. Put up a review, and we'll definitely read it on the show. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Texans' final pick was a cornerback out of San Jose State, Jermaine Kelly. The seventh rounder came to visit Houston before the draft and got his picture taken with J.J. Watt. A little selfie with J.J., who he met in the Texans training room. It's safe to say he's more than just a little fan of J.J. Watt. Aren't we all? He's a great dude. He's somebody I've been looking up to ever since I watched Hard Knocks and he was explaining how he goes to bed at 8 o'clock every night. You know, I, I, I tried to dedicate my senior year, you know, of, you know, that just that drive and that focus of being disciplined. You know, I, I really looked up to him. And, I'm, and it was just a dream come true to just happen to be in the training room and see him in there. And he was so cool about just even taking a picture with me. So, you know, from that moment on, I was like, oh, yeah. And I, I, I love it here. Everybody's cool. I feel like I would be a great fit here. And I can't wait to get to work. I'm so excited. 
Like I said, who doesn't love J.J. Watt? And Brian, I said it earlier, he was a teammate of Tyler Irvin at San Jose State. Irvin used to cut Jermaine Kelly's hair. I asked him if Tyler gave good haircuts. He said yes. So Jermaine Kelly will not have to look for a barber when he comes to Houston. <laughs> yeah, true, at least at least with that. And, you know, a good barber is, is really hard to find. I mean, I've had the same barber uh, since uh what the, the late in high school so you know you, once you find that barber that knows your hair knows you you just come in and you sit down in the chair they already know what you want that is a good thing and you know with the nfl when you're moving around a lot sometimes that can be really hard to find so all in all with this pick right here special teams special teams is what you're expecting that's yeah it. if you get a good special teams uh, guy from Jermaine Kelly. I mean, and, and, you know, hopefully he might be able to bring something else, but I don't know if we have to say much about this because um, it's a seventh round pick. You know, this is, this might as well be undrafted free agent early seventh round. It's a given. So it's a little bit earlier, but that right. That's all you really want from him. And uh, the only thing I would say, Brian, with, when you look at the Texans draft, the one thing that you, they didn't address and I thought they would, and I'm a little bit concerned about it is, you know, Deontay Foreman, like we said, likely on the pup list. We said this in the, at the end of the last show. That's why I thought they were going to select a running back. Lamar Miller, you're fine with him, but after him, who do you got? Because they still haven't signed Alfred Blue. I don't know if they even want Alfred Blue back. I don't know uh, if Tyler Irvin, you know, how good he is as a second running back, if that's what he has to be uh, with what you've got on the roster. They're gonna have to. They're gonna be bringing in running backs, and we. I think at tomorrow's show we we might do more at looking at, or on our next show we're gonna do more at looking at some of the undrafted free agents that are gonna be coming in. But that was the biggest surprise to me of the second day of the draft, at least the Texans' second day, which would be day three for everybody else. The important thing about uh, Kelly is that he had a 93.8 grade in coverage for the 2017 season. Um, this was his first season that he did. Uh, get to start um, his 11.1 cover snaps per reception. It's ranked uh, among the bottom middle of eligible receivers. So he's not uh, horrible, uh, but um, you know, he's kind of in the middle of the pack and was a transfer from Washington before uh, going over to San Jose state with the Spartans. Um, he put up 53 tackles, 12 pass breakups in, in one pick. So he's just one of those guys that's, that's highly underrated and uh, maybe we can strike oil with him if he does get to the point of making this team. But special teams, you're right. That is definitely somewhere where he, we can put him. wonder if he has any character. I mean, he sounds like he already does. That's going to help him a little bit um, as far as his uh, eligibility with this team. Uh, but his total career stats, 67 tackles, two for a loss, 16 passes defense, one defensive touchdown, one pick, and two fumble recoveries. So, again, uh, seventh-round pick, but uh, he's just one of those guys that, hey, you know, hopefully um, he, you, you can root for him and um, he is able to be on this team. Uh, 447, 40-yard uh, dash, by the way, um, at his pro day. So um, he's, he's pretty fast. <laughs> Otherwise, in the draft, uh, backup quarterback situation, what about it? Some of you might wonder why the Texans didn't address it in the draft. Brian Gain was asked if it was a priority to add another quarterback before training camp. Gain said he was comfortable with the guys they have. I know you guys are not comfortable with Brandon Wheaton out there, but Brian Gain says, 
I'm fine with it. Now, maybe he doesn't mean it, but, you know, I'm sure if you asked him further, he would say, like, he always says, we're always trying to upgrade. We're always trying to get better. You know, we, we hear that enough from Bill O'Brien over the years, and, and they, they kind of mimic each other. The only other thing that you would say about this draft is I felt like people thought that there was going to be more than one offensive lineman added. They seem yeah. to be pretty comfortable with it, the guys that they have. Martinez, Rankin, you know, they, they think this guy can be a starter. I, I want to say they think he can be a starter immediately. Uh, he's going to be battling with Julio and Davenport would be my guest for that left tackle position. At right tackle, they're going with Chantrell Henderson. Chris Clark might be in that mix. Uh, you look at the right guard, it's going to be between Jeff Allen and Calamete. I think Calamete wins that. I hope Calamete wins that. Oh, please. And then Zach Fulton. He should. We gave him some, we gave him some money, so he better. <laughs> yeah, but Jeff Allen makes more than he does. Keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Zach Fulton is your left guard and Nick Martin is your center. And I think they're comfortable with rolling that out there. You know, they say it's the best five, whoever the best five offensive linemen are. Cause of course they got all these guys that can play 14 different positions. We'll see if that works out for him, but the running back and the offensive line, I think if there was any positions that you're still a little bit worried about, how are they there? Uh, it's still out there. You know, they still got all this room, $34, $35 million in cap space. They still got to uh, maybe put a lot of that towards an extension for uh, people like Jadavian Clowney, possibly Bernardrick McKinney. We'll see if, if that goes down in the next uh, few weeks here. But they might have room to suck in a contract from a team that's looking to dump somebody. Um, you know, the Patriots got a tackle from the 49ers that they feel like can start for one of their draft picks. It wasn't a guy that apparently the Texans were high enough on to give up that type of uh, draft pick for that. Uh, but that's the type of move. A team like the 49ers, they go out, they draft somebody, they go, oh, we don't need to be paying this guy that much. Let's get rid of him. So th that's that's one of the things that I can see in play. Anything else big picture-wise on this draft? Do you want to give it a grade yet, Brian? Do you want to wait and see? Where are you? I would like to give this draft um, the highest grade possible, but there are a lot of unknowns. So I'm still holding at uh, my draft grade of a C plus uh, from the other day uh, because there's just a lot of unknowns. You probably know that you're going to get some good production out of Justin Reed and uh, Kiki uh, as well. I don't know about Martinez because Martinez, as we talked about, was you know pretty mediocre at just about every position. And then you're asking him to play left tackle, a position that he has little experience with. So I, I don't know about Martinez. So I, I will pass at this time. But as time progresses, you know, maybe this will uh, show how good Bill, uh, Bill, Brian Gain is at uh, drafting guys. Well, Bill, Bill O'Brien and he uh, actually worked together. So, you know, that's something uh, important to bring up. But I just want to talk a little bit. Uh, just briefly, Rob, about Lamar Jackson, how much it costs to get him. We were talking about early uh, in the season if the Texans were going to trade up to get him to have that backup quarterback, to have that continuity in the offense if something were to happen to the Sean Watson again. The Ravens gave up a second rounder uh, for next year, uh, their current second rounder, and a fourth rounder just to trade up back into the first round to get Lamar Jackson. And looking at the uh, assets that we had, we wouldn't have had enough to do it. We would have had to give up a lot of picks in the third, possibly 
that fourth round pick, we would have to stockpile and possibly go into next year or high picks from there just to get them. So would it have been worth it? You know, some people say yes, but I think that we can hold off and there's somebody that we already have now that would be able to man the position. But you pretty much are saying that if Deshaun Watson isn't playing, then our season is going to to go to dust because in this draft, you really could not find a quarterback that has his traits other than Lamar. Nobody, nobody in the draft. And that's why they didn't draft anybody, draft a quarterback, because Lamar Jackson is that guy. Yeah, and we talked about that. I mean, that, we knew that going into the draft, that was going to be yeah, the situation. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I would give this draft a B, uh, the the B of what we're seeing right now. Now, yeah. this draft actually should be an A plus because your first and second round pick for this draft was Deshaun Watson. So in that way, it's an A plus, or at least the first round pick was Deshaun Watson. The second round one was getting rid of Brock Osweiler. Maybe it's an A plus plus because you also got rid of Brock Osweiler's contract. So maybe it's an A plus plus for that. But it's definitely an A plus if you want to include Deshaun Watson being your first, literally. Uh, your first round pick for this draft, or at least part of this draft anyway, with giving up that first round pick to move up to get him. So keep all of that in mind. It's been a long show. It's been a long weekend. We're going to continue to talk about these guys, to profile them uh, as we head into OTAs and mini camp and and training camp and all that stuff. So stay with us for that. Uh, Brian's got everything covered in Houston sports on houseofhouston.com. Go check that out. Subscribe to my Houston Sports Talk podcast. And that's all we got for this one. Have a great Sunday if you're listening to this on Sunday. And if you're listening to this on your drive from work on Monday, uh, have a good week, everybody. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 